A few years ago, 2018, there was a Pew Research article put out, and they had done research on why people in America come to church. And so they asked, they answered multiple questions, and you have multiple reasons, as many of you would have multiple reasons for coming to church. But they wanted to know, why did people who regularly came to church, why did they come, especially when it came to worship on the weekends? And so... Uh, there was one answer that was far and away above every other answer when it came to the reason that the average person came to worship at a church on a weekend. And that answer was to have an encounter with God. To have an encounter with God was far and away the reason that people came to worship on a consistent basis. Now, that is a great segue into what I want to talk about today because over the last few weeks, and this is our final week of this series, we've been asking the question, where is CPC headed as a church? What kind of church do we want to be? And so I want to end this way. Let's be a church you can't wait to invite your friends to. Let's be a church you cannot wait to invite your friends to. And here's why. I hope that when you're engaged here, whether it's corporate worship on the weekend, whether it's community or serving or whatever it is, I hope that you're having a meaningful encounter with God that matters in your life. And what we know is we invite people to what matters to us. And so I hope that your engagement here in CP is, CPC is so meaningful that you want to invite others, that you cannot help but invite others to be a part of what God is doing here what God is doing here. And I want to look today at a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So if you have Bibles, would encourage you to turn there. 1 Corinthians 3, I'm going to ask you to uh, underline some things. And so if you have a little phone Bible, maybe you can highlight it. Um, but 1 Corinthians 3, starting in verse 6, it'll be on the screens for those of you at home and those of you uh, here in the sanctuary. It says, I, this is the Apostle Paul speaking or writing. He says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. So let's stop there. If you would, underline or highlight two phrases in the text. But God has been making it grow, but God has been making it grow, and God who makes things grow, but, and God who makes things grow. So the Apostle Paul uses a few different images in this text, but in this section he's using the image of a field to describe the church. The church is the field where God is at work. And this is important for us to understand because the church is the field where God is at work. And if God is the one that's at work, that means that we are not in control. And I know as humans that is one of the most difficult things for us to learn and to master. We are not in control. I'm reminded of it all the time. As a pastor, I can feel like I give somebody the most brilliant insight or the best advice, and they walk away as confused as ever. 
Or they go and they do the exact opposite thing of what I said to do, right? I'm reminded all the time, I am not in control. And the kingdom of God is not in our control. Last week I said that there are no spectators in church. There are no spectators. We're all called to own the mission. And at CPC, we're all called and invited to own the mission and to help make space for others. And this verse picks up on this very same theme that we all have a part to play. That we all have a part to play in planting and in watering, but that it's ultimately God who makes things grow. So if you're one of those people who always has to be in control, or if you're one of those people who always needs a finger on the button or micromanages everything and everyone or always gets your way, the kingdom of God teaches you that the rhythms of life with Jesus are not about your control. They're about what God can do. Psalm 127 says, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers, the builders labor in vain. It's not about what humans can do. It's about what God can do. And look, I, I don't want us to be the kind of church where people can come and experience the best of what we can offer, the best of what humans can offer. I want people to come to CPC and experience the best of what God can offer, the best of what God can do in their lives, right? Our future as a church will not be about me. It won't be about you. It won't be about any former or future staff member. Our future will be about what God can do when we learn to depend on the possibilities of a life with Christ. And so this letter in 1 Corinthians was written to the church in Corinth. And, and one of the things that had happened in the church in Corinth is they had developed factions or groups that had like allegiance to different leaders. And it was a big deal. It was sort of splitting the church. And if you go back in a few verses, you'll see that it says they've been arguing. One says, I follow Paul. Another says, I follow Apollos. They were finding their identity in whichever leader they like best, whichever leader that they found to be most like them or made them feel best about themselves or they identified with, or, or more than likely, they identified with leaders who attaching to them made them feel special, that made them feel important. And I think that's a pretty natural human response. We want to follow leaders who are special. We want to be a part of a church that everyone is impressed with. But listen to the Apostle Paul's response. Are you not mere human beings? Are you not mere human beings? What are you doing? Why on earth would you build a church based on what humans can do when there's the possibility of building a church on what God can do? What are you thinking? Are you not mere human beings? And so many churches have made a big deal and so many leaders and pastors have made a big deal about what we can do instead of making a big deal about the presence and the power of Jesus Christ. Salvation is through Christ alone. Nothing else, no matter how good we can be or what awesome works we can do, none of that will save us. None of that will offer a compelling invitation. 
We need to be about what God is doing. In fact, if you go just a few verses in 1 Corinthians 3, it says, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Only Jesus can change a life. I'm just a waterer. I'm just a planter. You're just a waterer. You're just a planter. Only Jesus can change a life. And I hope that what you've seen in this text is that any compelling invitation that CPC can offer anyone in the world will will not come through what I can do or what you can do or what we can do. But any compelling invitation we offer the world will come through what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. One of the earliest Christ followers in the Bible. Actually, probably wouldn't even call him a Christ follower at this point, but in in, in the book of John, a man named Philip has met Jesus, and he goes to tell his friend, he says, come, we have found the Savior of the world in Nazareth. To which his friend replied, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Come and see. Philip replied, come and see. See, we know plenty of people who would say, church, can anything good come from there? Come and see. What would it be like to be a church where we could excitedly say, come and see? Come and see the possibilities of a life with Jesus. Come and see the possibilities of a life not built on what we can do, but built on what Christ can do because we're experiencing it and living it out together. What would it look like to be a church where we were excited to say, come and see? Hey, I want to share a story with you. Our friend Kaishni allowed us to tape her story. She's here with us this morning, but would you watch this video of her story of getting involved at CPC? My name is Keishni Nathan. I was raised Christian. Um, My parents raised me as a Catholic. We went to church every Sunday. I was part of religion Wednesday classes, but that was really it for me. It was just religion. I didn't have many friends that were a Christian either. Then when I got to college, I went to a small private Christian school and I was surrounded by people that were believers and that was very new for me. And it helped me to ask myself questions like, What does my relationship with Jesus look like? Post-college came around and that question was still ruminating in my mind. And I realized, yes, I have a strong relationship with Jesus now, but the community piece was where it was lacking. And that's where CPC comes in. Before I was invited to CPC, I was going to a different church. And at that church, I was going to small groups and going to church every Sunday, but I was having a really hard time connecting. And then COVID happened and that just emphasized my feeling of feeling like I was disconnected. So I stopped going altogether. I was left with the feeling I had post-college of I was really seeking out a community, but I didn't know where to find one. My friend Marissa had invited me to a Bible study that her and her friend Andra had started at CPC. And I had heard so many wonderful things about CPC from Marissa. So I was just said, sure, why not? I'll try it out. After going to that Bible study, I instantly felt more connected because I knew Marissa and I knew some of the other girls in our Bible study. Being able to go to church with someone I knew from that personal invitation really made a difference for me, a feeling like I was connected at CPC. 
Then summer rolled around and I got to go to those fun young adult Wednesday night events. And now that we're back in fall, I'm now leading a small group for a CC. So I get to lead a small group of ninth graders. So now CPC isn't just something I do on Sunday mornings. It's slowly becoming a part of my life on a weekly basis and my friendships that I've been forming at CPC have been such a positive impact on my life. I hope that listening to my story encourages you to think about the people in your life who could use a welcoming and positive community like CPC. Sending an invite to someone can be as simple as shooting a text, making a phone call, or going out for coffee with someone, and that can have a super positive impact on someone's life. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Um, that's what we hope for. I mean, we hope that CPC is a community where we can say, come and see, where God is doing something in our lives that we can't help but say, come and see, be a part of it, see the possibilities of a life with Jesus. I mean, we invite people to what matters to us, don't we? I mean, when's the last time you went to a new, a new workout class or a new gym or a new restaurant and you couldn't wait to tell somebody, hey, come with me and check this out, right? We invite people to what matters to us. And, and when the gospel is truly good news to us, when the gospel is truly good news and it's changing our lives, we can't help but invite others to the gospel, to the truth of who Jesus is and what is possible with a life with him. We hope that CPC is a church that you cannot wait to invite your friends to. And here's what I hope that they experience when they come to CPC. I hope that they're pointed to the gospel, to the hope that Jesus is good news for their lives and the world. I hope that they'll find worship that is spirit-led, that is about engagement and not about entertainment. I hope that they'll be shown a different way to live, one that depends on Jesus and not on us. I hope that they'll get connected to awesome and welcoming people that help them take their next step of belonging here. And I hope that they'll be encouraged to use their gifts and their blessings to leave a mark on the world on behalf of the kingdom. And I'm telling you these things because you play a part in this. I'm inviting you to be a part of this mission and this church. I'm saying it out loud so that we all know let's be a church that you can't wait to invite your friends, your coworkers, your classmates, your neighbors, your family members to. Let's be a church that we can't wait to invite others to. One of my mentors was a woman named June. And I met June when I was a college student and she was helping with our college ministry. And one of the things that June was known for was she and her husband Charlie had this really great uh, colonial house out on the edge of town, really kind of in the woods. And, and they would have several times a semester hundreds of college students come over and have just this big massive party banquet in, uh, at their house. And when I say party, I need you to think like Baptist college kid party, not like UW-Madison party. Um, <laughs> sorry, I don't mean to kick uh, badgers while they're down, but... Um, <laughs> it was too easy, it was there. Um, 
But June would throw these massive parties and there would be hundreds of college students inside and outside of her house just enjoying the best food. And, and she would also have sort of these small armies of students come over early to help prep food and to make food. And, and so, you know, I'd find myself in June's kitchen doing things that my mom would be like, you're doing what? You're, you're, you're cutting pineapples? Like what? what is, who, who are you? Um, and, but June had us just like preparing this lavish food and she would occasionally just drop these nuggets of wisdom. And, and once we were, we were standing in her kitchen and she just, everyone stopped and we all stopped and June said, um, I just want y'all to remember this. <laughs> Nothing beats the power of a personal invitation. And it stuck with me from that day on. I mean, I was standing in her kitchen slicing a pineapple and she said, nothing beats the power of a personal invitation. And it's so true. I mean, we all know that when we know somebody and we care for somebody, when we, when we have something to invite them to, it's so easy and yet it's so also easy to forget that it's so important just to make the ask, to make the invitation. Nothing beats the power of a personal invitation. Who has God put in your life that you need to say, come and see to? What's your next invitation? Who is God calling you to invite? And when I say invitation, it might be an invitation to church. It might just be an invitation to coffee or to lunch. How, how are you doing? How's your life? It might be an invitation to Jesus. And I know that's scary, but if the Spirit's calling, you don't, don't ignore it. It might be an invitation to a group or a community. It might be an invitation to serve with you. But, but God has you in the lives of others so that you can walk alongside of them and encourage them. Dutch theologian Abraham Kuyper once said, He is your friend who pushes you nearer to God. Listen to the Spirit and pray about it. Who are you supposed to be pushing nearer to God? Listen to the Spirit. Pray about it. What's your next invitation? And the good news is there's no pressure on us, right? We're not converting people. That's God's work. That's what the scripture told us. That's God's work. We're, we're planting seeds. We're watering the field. We're making invitations. Make invitations. Make invitations to others. Hey, our invitations matter because Jesus matters. Our invitations matter because Jesus matters and Jesus is doing something in us that he desires for us to invite others to see. Come and see. I, I said a couple of weeks ago, I, I don't have these grand plans for CPC. I have a grand desire for the gospel to matter in people's lives. I have a grand desire for the gospel to transform your life and for you to invite others to be a part of that same story. Let's be a church that you cannot wait to invite others to because God is doing something that you can't wait to invite others to. Hey, I want to call the band to come back up as they prepare to lead us in the end of our worship service. But over the last uh, few weeks, We've been looking at this series about where we're headed as a church, and I just wanted, as we think about closing this service, as we think about what it means for us to invite, I just wanted to recap those weeks really quickly. And so the first week we were, let's be a church that clings to Jesus every single day, that we want you to know what it looks like to walk with Christ in your daily lives. We want to help you do that, to equip you to do that. Let's cling to Jesus. Let's cling to the cross every single day. Um, and let's be a church that makes space for others 
to make space for others to encounter Jesus, that everyone has a part in owning the mission to make space for others. And then let's be a, let's be a church that you can't wait to invite your friends to. This is something for all of us to play along with. God is up to something. Let's be a part of it. Let's not miss it. Let's lean in and trust that he has a mission big enough for his church in the world. And let's be grateful we get to play along. Let's not wait to be a church that we can't wait to invite our friends to. Amen.